You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I do. Three, two. Refuse for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hard true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is another episode of At The Diner on the GGR Pirate Radio Network. We're back at you talking more streaming TV shows. As I mentioned in the last episode when we were talking about The Boys Season 2, we were going to talk about Cobra Kai, but we're also going to talk a little bit about the legacy that created Cobra Kai, and that's going to be the Karate Kid uh, film franchise. Joining me for this episode of At The Diner, I've got the one and only very talented Hopefully coming out with more music soon. I know it's difficult in pandemic to come up with anything. You're just trying to survive. But we've got the wonderful, the awesome MC Brooks. Sir. Oh, I forgot to ask. What's MC stand for this week? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't have anything. Isn't that, that that's normally you guys. Is th- oh, fine. Okay. If I have to. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going with motorized CrossFit. I could use it. Uh, our third contributor for this evening's podcast is the very talented uh very knowledgeable mr james rambo ahoy hoy so we are going to be talking about a show that i begged james rambo to finish because (laughs) mc and i powered through that shit and we were like yeah 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 we're done let's talk about this and rambo's like three days i'm I'm gonna meander (laughs) about and think about it and i'm going to contemplate life before i finish this series like like a man does sometimes but he did have a good reason and and rambo kind of give me your justification on this because i know we had talked about it i don't know if we did it on the podcast but like Uh, yeah good yeah, kind of tell me about, like, why you didn't finish this. It wasn't, like, for lack of, like, enjoying the series. No, not at all. I I, I really fucking enjoyed this show. And w- and once I started it up again, I watched it all at once. Uh, it was only, like, two or three episodes, but it was still, like, a movie's worth of fucking time. Um, I have this thing where I will... Uh, I don't know if it's, like, my undiagnosed ADHD or what, but uh, if I'm really enjoying something, I have a tendency when I get toward the end to pull back from it because not even consciously, but I think it's subconsciously. I know it's going to end and I don't want it to stop. So I, I like, there's plenty of game, like games I've never finished 
and movies I haven't completed. It's funny, it happens less with movies because you kind of go into it knowing like this is very finite. Um, but anything that requires like a, a, a significant um, chunk of time, I have a tendency to, to sort of pull back toward the end. Um, as like a no, but if I don't finish it, it'll never end. So, I yeah. I can kind of get that. Like I um I remember the first time I ever played through Final Fantasy VII, and you get to that fight with Sephiroth, and you're like at the edge of the um like impact crater, and you're about to go in there and you're about to fight you know the, the fucking frightening guy with a really really long ninja sword, and like I, I remember like holding off on the fight. I was like, am I, am I leveled up enough? Like, do I need to go get more stuff? Do I need to get that gold chocobo to like, do I need to do all this extra shit that I need to do? And like holding off on the fight because I enjoyed that game so much. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want this yep. to end. And I like, did that, I did that with the remake. The, yeah. The remake that came. Yeah. Like I, I totally get it. I mean, I'm not faulting you for it in the least bit at all, but let's, let's jump into this because when I saw it was a YouTube red thing. And they were like, Cobra Kai. I was like, oh, this is going to be a fucking joke. Like, you know, it's going to be cheesy. It's going to be lame. It's going to be like that fan service nostalgia bullshit. Like if you ever read or watched Ready Player One, that kind of nostalgia where it's like, hey, wh- what is this thing all about? It's about nostalgia. OK, but nostalgia about what? Nostalgia. All of it. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Like there needs to be something specific that you're being nostalgic about. And like, that's really what I thought it was going to be. It was going to be eighties references and like, Hey, remember when that one guy yelled, put him in a body bag. Wasn't that funny? <laughs> like, no, the writers for this series, the producers for this series, the actors for this series, they took this shit seriously. And they were like, we really think that there's a story to tell here. And they did. And it was fucking good. Like, I was not expecting it to be as good as it was. I figured it would just be, like, you know, a cheap popcorn thing for me to watch. No, it's really deep. And, like, at points you actually feel for these characters. You feel for Johnny Lawrence. You're, like, the biggest scumbag in all of 80s movie history. Like, you're like, well, man, he kind of had a shitty life. And, like, I kind of want to get your take on it uh, kind of across the board. I know that we all enjoyed it, but, like, MC, kind of give me your take on this because this was kind of new because you said you hadn't seen, like, the movies in, like, decades, right? Yeah, I I hadn't seen the movies since I was probably about, like, 10, 12 years old. Like, since the 90s. Like, I I have not had not seen those movies recently. And, like, and before we uh, before we we had uh, we watched it on cast uh, a couple weeks ago. Like, I, I pretty much only had kind of vague memories of, like, certain scenes, certain things that happened. But, like, I couldn't I couldn't have remembered anything in any kind of any real detail. And because I hadn't really watched it in so long, like, that was kind of my aversion to watching Cobra Kai. Not that I didn't think that it was going to be interesting or good or, or, or whatever. I had YouTube read, so, like, I could have easily started watching it because i remember it trending the day it came out because people were so excited about how good this premiere episode had been and you know so like when you told me to watch it i was you caught me at a good time i just finished watching uh whatever anime i just finished watching and i was like oh i got nothing else to watch let me go actually check out this cobra kai thing because if, if uh, nothing else, I'll be able to contribute to the podcast when it comes up. <laughs> <laughs> a consummate, so, per, consummate professional, man. You I know, at the, at the very least. Yeah. And I got to say, like, it that that 
even without having the uh, direct memory of the Karate Kid movies, like it hooks you in from the beginning. And you know, I'm I'm a completionist, so I would have I would have finished this series even if I didn't kind of if I was kind of mad about it. But I was invested because I, I I binged the show in two days. Like I, I literally I watched nothing else. I wasn't playing games. I like if I had free time, downtime, I was watch I was watching this because I I got really invested in uh, in the show. And uh, to your point, a, a lot of times you know like nostalgia pandering is like the big thing of like the last couple years. It's literally taking this thing that you remember and it's like, hey, remember that thing? You like that thing? Here's it again in 3D or updated or a remake or a reboot or something and you Listen, don't expect we did it with we did it with a trap beach check it out like yeah like theme song it's like fuck really yeah it's like you, you like you you don't it's like you said you're like you didn't, you're not expecting that much from it you're, you're not expecting it's going to be like an original story that they kind of compare to like i can i can draw a comparison to um a very popular anime called sailor moon crystal which is a remake of the original sailor moon series and by and large, it, had, it has a couple seasons, and I, I, st- I tried watching the first couple seasons, and I was like, kind of mad on it. Only to later find out that the creators literally only did the remake as a money grab, and they didn't actually care about trying to actually, you know, tell a good story and actually use the characters correctly until they got to season three. They were literally just trying to make a quick buck off, hey, remember Sailor Moon? Well, here's it again. And this series is the exact opposite of that. It, it takes the lore and the, the story from the original and then builds builds on it. And it also joins the ranks of Zuko from Avatar in showing how to do a redemption arc for a character who is seemingly unredeemable with yeah. with uh, with Johnny. And and like you said, like you, you get really invested in it with with Miguel and with him, with Johnny and with Daniel and, and kind of seeing how even after all this time passed, like there's still all of these old feelings, but it's still very relevant and very modern to what to what's going on now. And you kind of get to see Daniel kind of take over that mentor role that uh, he had with Mr. Miyagi in the original films. And having seen the films now and thinking about Cobra Kai, like I'm catch, I, I remember, um, a lot of scenes like now having a lot more significance i'm catching more references and, I, and, I'm, and i'm seeing parallels like ah i see he went through that with mr miyagi now he's you know he's uh going through it again with here with this and it's just it's um i mean i i, I very much in, enjoyed it and uh, honestly i'm I was, I was kind of upset when i finished season two because i thought season three came up and that's why i was trending again yeah, it was right. like oh no it's just on netflix now but and I'm excited. I I am too. And Rambo, I want to um get your your take on this too. But I wanted to, to just pop in real quick, like and, and um, mention something that you kind of said. The redemption arc of of Johnny was unexpected, in a way. But like in remember how like you had mentioned it. We went back and we watched the first one and the second one, um together, and like the first one, I didn't. I don't remember Johnny telling daniel at the end of that fight hey man you deserve this congratulations i don't remember that at all 
And watching that, I was like, wait, okay, so he begrudgingly gives him respect. Wait a second, okay, there's a whole thing going on here. And, like, they touch on all of that throughout uh, Cobra Kai, and it was just really, really well done. But, um, Rebel, what, what were your takes on, on this overall? Um, I mean, not at all dissimilar from uh, what MC was saying. Um, it was... What I really like about this show overall is that there isn't really a villain. Um, the closest yeah. you get... Uh, I mean, there's an asshole. Uh, there's a bunch of assholes. <laughs> and there's 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 one... There, okay. There's a villain. There isn't really an antagonist. Um Martin Cove coming back as Kreese, like yeah. there's your villain. Yeah. Um, but the antagonist overall switches between Johnny and Daniel, between uh, 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 Miguel and um, Robbie, and you know it, it keeps kicking back and forth um, between these different characters, and that's really interesting and really engaging. Um, getting to see. Uh, there's there's been this spate, you know, you you know, MC was talking about um, the sort of like the dangers of nostalgia and and the the very clear like lazy attempts at at money grabs and things. Um, and I mean, all of that has been happening. There's there's no doubt about that. But there's also been this really interesting, you know, sort of. Um, shifting of perspective and re-examining of older characters and older stories and where they belong, where they fit now. Um, and a great example of that, aside from this, is Rocky in Creed. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and, sure. and, the, and the Rocky Balboa movie. Uh, getting to... like w The most impressive thing that Stallone does with that character is he never tries to play him younger than he is you know stallone is always like th that's a very personal character for him and so he always plays him at the exact same age that he is in the moment um and you get to see you know uh, up until up until the release of the first cobra kai season uh william zabka like i knew him for for two things in the last like 15 years uh there was <clears throat> i can't remember the band's name but there's a band that has a has a song called Sweep the Leg, uh, and and him and Martin Cove and like one or two other people all show up in the video, and it's very weird and goofy. Um, but aside from that, he has a little cameo in Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, William Zabka and funny enough, no Dior Baird. Say again. This, no more kings. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly what it is. Uh, well done. Um, William Zabka and Diora Baird, who plays his ex-wife in Cobra Kai, are a couple uh, in Hot Tub Time Machine when they go back in time. Um, they're the ones who um, are betting on, who bet against uh, Rob Corddry and Craig, Tom uh, Craig Thompson at the bar on the, 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 the about the football game. Um, and William Zabka looks like shit in that scene. <laughs> Like, he looks rough. And so when I saw... I remember seeing the trailer for that show and being like, oh, wow, he, he cleaned up really nicely. Like, he got in some good shape. And, like, that's awesome, man. Um, 
but yeah, like being able to kind of to 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 reexamine and reassess these these characters, uh, particularly ones that are so culturally relevant um, now, in 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 you know, with with the benefit of hindsight, you can really get some really cool and interesting explorations of things um, and reassess where things have fallen. Like, you know, Daniel is is he's the new guy in town in the first Karate Kid movie, but now he's established. He's wealthy. Like he's things the, have gone really fucking well for him. King. He's the king of the valley for 100 yeah. percent. Um, you know, kicking the competition. Uh <laughs> And I, one of my favorite things of the show is Johnny coming back to like the crane kick is illegal. It's an illegal kick. You like kicked me in the face. Yeah. Not a legal move in the tournament. You shouldn't have won. Um, and everybody being like, ah, sour grapes. And he's like, but the, the fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, to, to be to be fair, he did make an illegal move on Daniel's knee. So it's, he absolutely uh, did. After, and, after and his like, douchey friend did the same thing in the first round, you know? And like, that's, the, that's the thing that um, I think he misses the most, which is, well, I th- with Johnny, I think with, with from Johnny's perspective, you know, it's like, okay, I'm the bad guy, fine. The good guy wasn't better than me. The good guy did something just as bad, yeah. but he's hailed as a champion because I did the bad thing first. And, you know, it's, it's, it, it's the, the show is very much a sort of like sliding doors, you know, if, if only for like one or two moments, um, it's just, it's really cool to, to shift perspective and, and really take another, you know, sort of closer look, you know, with the benefit of, of all this distance at these characters. And they do such a good fucking job. Um, so that's that's my opinion. Like overall, yeah. um, what has been the most engaging uh, fight for you guys? So I want to let me let me give you my answer to that, but then I also want to kind of go into my my thoughts on the on the series real quick. Um, the the most engaging fight for me has been um, it sounds dumb, but like I want to see what's going to happen to the youngest Larusso kid. Because Daniel's trying oh, to do boy. something with him, but that kid is such a little piece of shit. And like, <laughs> you're gonna teach me some karate? You're just gonna make me do chores, Dad? Um, well, it's part of the process. Nope, I'm good. Like, I'm curious if they're just gonna keep him there, or is like, is there gonna be a turning point with him? But like, I've really enjoyed watching this back and forth between Robbie and Miguel because like, Miguel like took a turn, and you were like, Miguel's yeah. the villain. But then Robbie does something kind of shitty in the moment in this momentary lapse and really fucks Miguel up and you're just kind of like oh shit is he the villain but again like you said Rambo it's these sliding doors nobody's the bad guy nobody's the good guy like it's back and forth and like I, I that that final fight in season two that was like that was that was like on par with that fight scene from Daredevil where it's just like one constant shot like through the entire yeah. thing um but like I if I had a personal favorite fight, it's the Johnny Miguel fight in the tournament in season one, when basically the same thing happens to, I said, Johnny, uh, I, Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. When Robbie is basically crippled, just like Daniel was, he's down to one arm and he does that one armed two legged kick. That's I was cool. like, that was dope. But then Miguel <laughs> still wins. And like, it was, it was just a really interesting, like you said, like if it weren't for one twist of the other, 
it could have been a, a completely different thing. Um, the thing that I've enjoyed the most is that they've kept Daniel LaRusso's character true to who he was. And here's here's what I mean. If you watch all three of those Karate Kid movies that he's in, the first one, he's, he's you know, he's the new kid. The second one, they go to Okinawa, which, side note, the second movie is a fucking work of art. I love that goddamn movie. The third one is annoying as shit because Daniel has learned nothing. He's a whiny asshole the entire movie and then learns his lesson at the very end. But that's who he is in this series of Cobra Kai as well. You're like, well, he's supposed to be the hero, but he's kind of a dick and he's kind of annoying and he's not learned his lessons. Like, wouldn't Mr. Miyagi be pissed as fuck if he was still doing this shit? Yes. And then he goes to Mr. Miyagi's grave and he's like, I'm out of balance and I don't know what to do. And you're just like, fuck, this kid has never figured it out. And like, I, I told you about this MC. There, there's that scene in the second one where... Um, right after Mr. Miyagi's father dies and Daniel sits next to him and he's like, you know, when my dad died, um, I, I kept blaming myself and like, I didn't do enough. I, I wasn't a good enough son. And he's like, and then I realized just being there for him was all he wanted from me in the end. And like, it all just fucking clicked for me. I was like, Mr. Miyagi was his father figure and like losing Mr. Miyagi, he never got over and he's still a dick because he didn't, he didn't take advantage of that. He didn't like realize that time is finite. He just figured Mr. Miyagi would be giving him lessons forever. And I was like, Oh shit, this, this, this cheesy Netflix show that, that everybody thinks is just like a cash grab for eighties nostalgia. It's got some fucking layers upon layers, upon layers, upon layers. And like, it, it's just like, it's way better than I think a lot of people are going to give it credit for initially. And like, I just, I really appreciate that they've taken this thing that I absolutely, I had fucking Karate Kid action figures when I was a kid. Like you had Daniel LaRusso and his little gi and like he could chop through some plastic glass. It was like, it was, a, it was a cool fucking thing, man. Like I've, I loved this thing and I had forgotten about it and I don't know why. And watching this series and then going back and watching the movies had made, has made me like fall back in love with this thing that I loved so much as a kid. Yeah, man. So to answer your to answer your question, the the fight at the end of uh, season one, <laughs> <laughs> that fucking one that one armed double foot kick was dope as shit. What do you think, MC? What's you got a, a favorite fight throughout? I mean, I do, I do like, I do like the fight from season one. I'm, I'm all like, I almost want to say the fight at the end of season two, only because I think the shock of it all. And the shock of how it ended, like my jaw was dropped the entire the entire time. But I also knew that they spent the entire season kind of building up to what was that final fight. And like I kept you kept you kept getting glimpses of it earlier when you had confrontations between different char- between uh, different characters. Um, but that's one. I also think um, actually because it, it just came to mind too. Uh, the when they're in the forest with Miguel and um, Hawk, is his Hawk's yeah. his name? Oh yeah, that, that was fucking dope. Yeah, that, that was also that was also really dope. The fucking Medal of Honor. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, that that. Oh God, it's hard. It's not fair to say the fight from the from the 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 end of the second season because that's not a fight. That's like five fights. Um, it's a giant brawl. And it's yeah. it's like half the fucking episode. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's the most visually impressive thing I've seen on the show so far. Um, 
it also had a, a very much a, a Chekhov's gun thing. As soon as they started getting to the stairs and started moving up, I was like, oh, somebody's going off that balcony. I wasn't sure who it was going to be. Yeah. I was pretty sure it was going to be Robbie knocking Miguel over. But I wasn't positive. I was like, because that, that's perfect. That that puts Miguel in a very vulnerable place. That makes Robbie into a villain. That is a really easy, quick uh, 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 bit of conflict to, to, to uh, throw up real real fast. Um, but uh, Tori, with, the, with like the solid heel turn, wasn't yeah. a huge shock. It's not even really fair to say heel turn because she, she was always kind of, she's kind of an asshole the entire time. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But the full commitment to like, oh, I'm going to kill you now. I'm going to do everything in my power to really fuck you up. Um, that was fucking cool. But like, if I have to pick one, it's Dimitri and Hawk. Dimitri finally being so able oh, yeah. to like, to finally defend himself. Um, particularly like when he's, you know, he's, he's got these olive branches throughout the show, man, where he's like, you can, you can still like, you can do that shit and still be cool, man. Um, Mike, I think we talked about it. MC, do you did you watch Parks and Rec? No, I never got past the first episode. <laughs> I would recommend heartily watching that show. It's fucking great. Um, the first season is the weakest season. I've heard. And severe. That's could what. You, that's what I'm like. I need. Skip, can you skip season one with that and, and still? I think you absolutely can. And once it's funny, once you go back and watch season one, having seen the rest of the show, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. But initially. All right, real quick. Um, the the problem with the first season of The American Office is it's trying to be the British Office. The first season of The American Office is not very good. Um, I skip it. It's yeah, I've I've rewatched the show probably three times now, and because I skip the first season. He's for almost he's trying years. to play Michael Scott as an asshole, which is the way Ricky Gervais which played him. Hundred percent. Yeah. Once he starts playing him as a buffoon, he's way better. Exactly. Now. The problem with the first season of Parks and Rec is they're trying to be the American office. Leslie is played as kind of an idiot. Like she's she's played as ineffectual and and she's not she's she's not very good at her job. And that is not Leslie Nope at all. From the second season onward and even honestly through like the the second half of the first season Leslie is like, she goes the exact opposite direction. She is incredibly good at her job to the point where it's like it's really irritating for people um, where Leslie is too fucking efficient. And that's the reason Ron hired her is like, oh, I won't have to do any of this shit because you not only will take it off my plate, you'll do it with a smile. Awesome. Have at it. Um, there's this there's a, a, a there's an episode with um uh, uh, Ron has like a Boy Scout troop, and Leslie creates a Girl Scout troop, effectively. Um, and there's a little boy who defects from Ron's Boy Scouts to go to the Girl Scouts, and it's the kid who plays Hawk. No but shit. He's like Are you 11 years old. He's this adorable little boy. <laughs> um, and yeah, he becomes a Pawnee goddess. Uh, <laughs> he's the first one to do it. Um, but yeah, I remember watching, uh, looking at Hawk, and I'm like, I know that guy. Why do I know that guy? And yeah, I looked him up. Sure enough, it, yeah, it's the fucking kid who wants the, uh, the Bonnie Goddess. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Hawk is the perfect stand-in for all of the Cobra Kai kids from the movies because you know you you never saw Johnny become a member of Cobra Kai. He always was one. 
you know, as far as we knew. And getting to see that transition, um, the, oh God, there's just so many smart writing decisions made on that show in terms of development of these characters. Um, and, and like all these different ways you can kind of track, you know, again, it, it's it, going back to like the boys, it's, it's explorations of power and, you know, what does it mean to be strong and to, to, to be powerful, you know, to what degree is, is, is mercy weakness or is mercy strength? Um, and that's what Johnny learns in that second season is like, I've been going about this the wrong way. Uh, you know, I, I, I knew that my old boss uh, and my old mentor was an asshole and I still took all the wrong lessons from him. And, and that's like, like the most impressive thing for me, honestly. What they did with Crease when, because Crease always had this air of superiority about him in the, in the movies, right? It was like, oh, well, he's a Vietnam vet and he's this master martial artist. And like, he's probably like off somewhere living living the high life sort of thing like he's got money that sort of thing but to show him living in a group home was Man. like that was that was some shit i was like wow that but like and then johnny felt bad for him and was like come back and realized that it was the same piece of shit that he yep. always was and like but i got to i got to give credit to this this series would not work if it wasn't for william zabka that motherfucker has been so entertaining in the series <laughs> like when when he finds out about the internet and he types in he types in hot girls and he goes oh shit like he just like... playing him as a fucking relic and so <laughs> like goddamn, 100% it's yeah, it is really impressive the degree to which there is so like, many there's so yeah, many man. great gifts of him where he's just like it's it's the gif of him talking to the kids when he's training them. He's like, put that on the internet right now. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to the internet. Send it to the internet. Post that shit. And like uh, him putting him putting up a Tinder profile and he's like, I fucking love Iron Eagle movies. I love karate. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> He is he is hilarious because he plays him he plays that role unapologetically and unironically. It's just this is who I am. And like I told MC that like the killer scene for that that series in season one is when Johnny gets the uh, the the charger and they're driving, giving it a test drive, and he turns on Ario Speedwagon and Daniel's like looks at him and he like kind of wants to sing the song and he's just like you want me to turn off speedwagon he's like no man no no this oh, is good yeah. I, I like speedwagon yeah i'm not i'm an american of course I like this and they fucking start singing together that shit killed me that was like the best scene like and then they go drinking together at the bar like it's they want to be friends but they don't want to be friends and it's like it's 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 fucking awesome and i cannot wait for season three yeah especially because they're uh well for for one to adjust the last thing you said one it shows that they're like, if it weren't for all of this old bullshit, like they 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 are way more alike than they are dissimilar. Mm -hmm. And they like they the, the reason behind why they don't like each other is literally just old shit, because they yeah. should. Everything says that they should be friends and pr uh, probably even best friends, considering you know they both like a lot of the same things and like where they are in life now. Um, Damn, now I forgot, I forgot my second point. <laughs> it's, it's funny how much Allie comes up. And she's oh, not yeah. in the show. And I'm wondering yeah. if they're going to have Elizabeth Shue in season three. 
there've been wasn't, talks, there've been rumors and such. Wasn't that I feel like I feel like that was in the teaser for season three. Or I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I maybe I'm thinking of something. No, I mean, she, didn't that happen the, at the end? No, it was the end of season two where she, she wrote that. His, she accepted she, yeah. his friend request on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, and it's the yeah, it's the little stinger at the end of the the end of the episode, which is the end of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I I'm always down for more Elizabeth Shue. Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm. I will. I'll watch that woman do pretty much whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, watching watching um, uh, the boys made me uncomfortable in ways that I didn't think I would be uncomfortable. <laughs> like, what's that? What's that meme? Like, I didn't realize I was into this. All right. <laughs> you're uh, you're drawing some attention to things I wasn't aware of. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. It's. I mean, like the show has its moments of cheese. Like it is cheesy and corny and goofy in places but it, it never tries to shy away from it yeah it's never like it, it's very self-aware um but in that way of like yeah, yeah no i know awesome <laughs> like the the show like it has like the 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 show feels very much like johnny does yeah where he's like why wouldn't i like suck fucking stonewashed jeans and camaros they're fucking badass what you don't like them what are you some kind of loser um yeah and the the you know they could have very easily fallen into a trap of um people preaching at johnny to change and to like get with the times and all that shit and made him more of a villain really simply and with minimal effort but having it be that people are just like yeah man that's that's not cool and he catches it and he's like well, I don't want to be a dick. Like, I, I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like, it's just sort of like a thing I've kind of fallen into in places. Um, it's a really fucking interesting take uh, and a really uh, clever and mature way to go about that. Um, to have it be like, he's... Johnny's not an asshole. He doesn't fucking know any better. And he's trying. Um, would you rather he didn't? Like he could, he could fucking dump. Like Johnny's the kind of guy who would be like, "Yeah, Trump sounds awesome," and then someone would be like, "Hey, man, here are all the things he's said and done. That sucks, right?" I'd be like, "Yeah, that, that fucking sucks." Yeah, fuck that he, guy. He would be, he would be a somebody who voted for Trump and then regretted his vote. Whereas yeah. Kreese would be somebody who voted for Trump and continues to support and him and campaigns for him and campaigns yeah. for him exactly, yeah. and like. To, to William Zabka's credit, like I, if anybody ever asked me, like, uh, hey, rattle off a million actors who, you, who you've seen do good performances, that motherfucker wouldn't show up. Nope. Until this series, because that scene when he's sitting there with Miguel and they're eating the burger and he's talking about how this is his favorite shitty burger on the face of the planet. It's it's so great because it has this 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 and this. And then he looks over at the hospital and he tells him that story about when Robbie was born. And how fucked up he was because he was just like, I wanted to be there, but I couldn't be there because I'm a piece of shit. And you're just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, he's, yeah, like, it, it was an amazingly done scene and he plays it so well. And there's this weird back and forth between Robbie's my kid, but Miguel's my kid. And like the, the mentorship that comes with being a 
um, a sensei. But then also, too, when fucking Daniel did the YouTube video for um, Miyagi-Do Karate, and everybody is like, that's cultural appropriation. I fucking died. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> it was so great. It was, yeah, it was it so great. Because it's one of those, like, it, <laughs> it reminded me of when a bunch of people got upset about uh, Peter Dinklage being cast as Hervé Villachase. They're like, I can't believe we got this fucking white guy to play this Asian man. And Dinklage was asked about an interview, and he's like, yeah, um, Villachase was German, and he's a European guy. Uh, I think he was French as well. Um, he's not Asian at all. Uh, I think people should do, like, 10 seconds of research before they start mouthing off about things they don't really understand. Um, moving on. <laughs> like, that was it. That was all that was said about it. It was like, it's, it's, you have your heart in the right place, and that's great, but know what the fuck you're talking about before you open your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cultural appropriation. He was literally, he had a mentor and father figure who was a Japanese man from Okinawa who taught him his family's martial art. It's about like, as authentic as it gets in terms of, like, actually honoring things, actually using the traditions in the way they're supposed to be used. Yeah, it's... Motherfucker, oh, I did the bone, I did the bone so dance in Okinawa. Funny. Like, I learned the drum technique. <laughs> like, I've been, I've been oh, there. Like, get off my balls, Jesus. Like, so good. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So, yeah, I think this is, like, I mean, take, like, when when are we getting season three? When is that coming out? I want to say I feel like I saw something about January. Let me do, I know it's next year I think for you're sure. Right. But I feel like I feel like I saw something about January 2021. Get to the internet. I, I feel I feel like January that's, 8th. There we go. Right after January the year. Boom. Yeah. But the way this year is going, that's going to feel like I don't know, like a decade before we get to it. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Oh man, but good stuff. Like I, I really enjoyed it. Um, They're going to Okinawa, fine. like in like they actually filmed in in Okinawa. An actual Okinawa, not like yeah. not like Hawaii, no. like they did the, in the second movie. No, they 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 actually went there to film film for season three. So I'm curious, what like what they include, like what they did. Dude, is Sato is Sato still around? Or are we gonna get um, are we gonna get chosen to Gucci? Like he still has like a blood feud with fucking Daniel Larusa? How dope would that shit be? <laughs> that would be amazing. Who stole my honor and like he fucking fights her or like Kamiko's or is it Kamiko or I'm trying to remember her name now. Um, fuck, that's gonna drive me nuts now because she was she was in um, the la- uh, she was in the first season of Picard as well. She was the bad guy in Picard. Um, Sorry, as I use the internet, you're going to be sick. It's, uh, her fucking name. it's quality radio. It is quality radio. Hey, but not only is it quality radio, it's also quality video, as you get to see me. Look, right. I was right. Kumi, uh, it's K-U-M-I-K-O, Kumiko. So uh-huh. very okay. similar. But yes, like maybe Kumiko shows up as well. And she's like, oh, I still love you, Daniel-san. And he's just like, but I got this wife. And he, Yeah, I got a family. I'm sorry. Yeah, like... 
Yeah. Like they did that to him a lot in those movies though. Cause it was like, Hey, remember Elizabeth Shue and how great she was? Yeah. Apparently she dumped me for some dude who plays football at UCLA. Well, that sucks. And then he meets this beautiful Japanese girl who falls in love and does the tea ceremony. And hey, then like, you know, yeah. When you have the juice, like you're <laughs> never out of the game for too long. That was my favorite thing about that is MC was just so impressed with fucking Daniel LaRusso's game in both Karate Kid and Karate Kid 2. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Mac Daddy. Seriously. When you oh. when you when you when you can not apologize and like make <laughs> things alright when you when you like supremely fucked up, you you got it. <laughs> oh, and then even with even with Kumiko, he was just kind of like, yeah, I'm this awkward uh, American, you know, look at me. And then like she's like, oh, let's go dancing. And he was like, oh, I'm a really good dancer. And she's like, how did you do that? And he's like, well, my mom used to need a dance partner. And she's like, I don't understand because I barely speak English. And he's like, it's okay, I'm good at dancing. And she just like she lapped that shit up, man. Don't worry about it, babe. I got this. <laughs> I got this. I got this. Yeah. And like. Honestly, like she was in the bag once he chopped through all six of those ice blocks, man. Like it was <laughs> over. He had some fucking ELO playing in the background. He shatters those ice blocks. Yeah, it was it was game over, man. But yeah, like the third one, the third one starts like they get back from Okinawa. Like they're literally landing in America, coming back from Okinawa. And Daniel and Miyagi are talking and he's like, yeah, so Kumiko got a job in uh, Tokyo. So I guess she's not coming to America. And you're just like... Well, that sucks. Like, they just love, like, cock-blocking the shit out of you, dude. Like, <laughs> that was the scriptwriter's plan. Like, the only thing I'm hoping is I'm hoping we see Terry Silver. Because... That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> Karate, Karate Kid 3 is just utter dog shit as a movie. But the best thing about it was Terry Silver just overacting the whole goddamn movie. Like, hey, one of his lines. I love it when he hurts him. Like... <laughs> And honestly, we're talking about rule breaking. I think bringing in a ringer to fight in the All Valley tournament, who's not even from fucking California, like that—that that shouldn't be legal. Like, why is that? Why is that guy Mike Barnes allowed to just show up and fight? Like, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. It's supposed to be for Californians only. Like, people that who are from—it's the All Valley tournament, not the All Country tournament. Like, <laughs> irritated man, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Movies are fucking bullshit. Fucking bullshit, man. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Um, hey, we need to mention all of our lovely Patreon subscribers. And you, yes, I'm pointing at you, Internet folks. You, too, can become a patron of GGR. Um, it's um, Patreon uh, slash Great Geek Refuge. Look it up. As low as a dollar, and you can be a patron. Or $5 or $10. You do $10, you get a dope sticker. 20 bucks, you get a dope t-shirt. There's so many cool things that you can get. But also, too, it just helps us continue to do the thing that we're doing. So, Jess, we appreciate you, Jess. We love you. You're great. You're fantastic. Allie, we appreciate you as well. Mariah, you're fucking awesome. Um, Misty, also totally, totally, totally dope. And then our fifth one, I cannot remember right now, and I feel like a dick because I cannot remember <laughs> the last one. There's five people. There's Jess, there's Allie, there's Mariah, there's Misty, and Miranda. Hey! Fucking Miranda. There we go. Miranda. forget Miranda? I didn't forget Miranda. I saved the best for last. No, I remembered Miranda. There it is. I remembered. Because we talked about her her odd movie choices, and you're just like, I'm fascinated. <laughs> I still am. Like... Yeah, I I don't like movies starring most of the most famous people for the last forty years. 
<laughs> I'm like, then what the fuck do you watch? Like, what, 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 what about these things turns you on or off? Like, what? I don't. What? <laughs> let me let me explain why Miranda's awesome, and I'm actually glad I saved her for uh, save the save Miranda for last. I've known Miranda the longest. I've known her since we were in high school. Um, she texted me and sent me a link to a podcast called Song Exploder. And the episode she sent me was the Run the Jewels Just episode, where they break down the song and they talk about all of the motivations behind it, all of the people who recorded it, all of the different layers to the song and where it came from. Like, that's the master economics, like the look at all your slave masters posing on your dollar. That's oh, yeah. all. And I listened to it and it was fucking fantastic. And we just had this great conversation. But like, that's the kind of friend she is, is she'll just message me things. Hey, I know you'll like this, listen to it. And we go back and forth like that too. So like, it was, yeah, check it out. Like I normally don't, you know, rep other podcasts because, you know, fuck them. Um, but, <laughs> but this song is the zero sum game because I made it one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, song Exploder. Song Exploder. Um, check it out. Listen to them. The Run the Jewels episode in particular was, was pretty fucking cool. Um, I really enjoyed the shit out of it. And especially if you like Run the Jewels, it's definitely worth listening to. So. So thank you to all of our patrons, but all of the rest of you folk out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for making this what it is. Instead of just a bunch of nerds talking to each other, it's a bunch of nerds talking to each other, and you guys get to listen and share in as well. Um, follow us on Twitter. Um, we've got all sorts of great stuff. we got an Instagram. we got a Facebook. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, yeah, there's a fucking play that we're going to be doing soon, uh, A Christmas Carol, starring James Rambo as Christmas Present. Uh, in fact, Mr. MC Brooks is going to get a, a credit in there as well because he's been like my behind-the-scenes music guy. So he's oh, going to be shit. helping me with a lot of that. He actually recorded a sound effect that we're going to use for your character, Rambo, and I'm really excited about it. Um, just lots of cool shit coming up, guys. GGR is going to continue doing awesome stuff. And guess what next month is? It was the first theme thing we ever did for GGR, and we're going to continue doing it. It's motherfucking Nostalgia November. <laughs> we just, we all we do, all the podcasts, all the articles, it's just about the things that we loved as kids and, and sharing it with others. Like, hey, maybe you didn't see the Dolph Lundgren Masters of the Universe movie. Here's why you should watch it. Here's kind of why it's troublesome. Um, here, But also, here's why it's fucking amazing. That sort of stuff. That's what we're going to be talking about pretty much all next month. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Um, but for everybody here at GGR, for all of us, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being part of our world. Uh, and again, the new uh, the new catchphrase to end the podcast. Together, there are no heights we cannot achieve. Have a great night, guys. Let it sink in. 2020 on the map. Wrong one cut in my hourglass. Don't watch it spill to the bottom half. You see the piece now running fast on a tarmac. Get a starter jack. C4 when I run it back. Like a track star on a fucking lap. Nah, like when it's still cash. Clean look, poor pugilist. A shooter's view is a pruder flick. Two rude for you rudiments. Who convinced you you can move against the crew in this? Coming up through the fence. Offshore on a quarter prince. Overture left his fingerprints on the hearts of the gate in the world. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, 
greatgeekrefuge.com for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!